What's good, good people? You are listening to the Lean In Podcast, where we have real conversations for real people. Here, we lean in the conversations on everything from mental wellness to how to make sure you can keep the ox cord on your next road trip. <laughs> I'm your host, Rybo of the Bow Brand. The Lean In Podcast is a production of Grace Online, the virtual community of Grace Christian Fellowship Ministries International. All right, let's lean into today's conversation. Hey guys, we are so grateful to you, our listeners, for your support. You can catch new episodes every other Tuesday right here on Spotify or on Facebook and Grace Online, the online community for Grace Christian Fellowship Ministries International. We look forward to seeing you in two weeks on Tuesday to lean into another great conversation. Peace. people welcome to the lean in podcast where we have real conversations for real life i am your host rivo before we get started i have to let you know that the lean in podcast is a production of grace online the online community for grace christian fellowship ministries international today we are recording from a cultivated space as per usual and i have a guest with me as you can see rebecca Mose. Rebecca, if you could just take a second and introduce yourself to the listeners. All right. Hello. I am Rebecca Motes, and I have been honored to be invited as a guest. And um, we're going to talk about trauma. Yes. And impacts on different areas of our lives. Yes. We are going to lean into a conversation about trauma, and I am so excited. So let's just jump right into it. I want to share a little bit about me. Okay and how trauma is such a sensitive topic and significant in my line of work. Um, I have been working in mental and behavioral health for about eight years Mm -hmm. in different capacities. I've seen so much trauma um, with clients and the ways that it has impacted me. So first, a lot of times people may say, they have trauma or PTSD and not really understand the difference. So I want to, this is just the professional side of me to define what trauma is. It is a lasting Mm -hmm. impact upon you mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. and even physically. And a a negative event, an adverse event that um, shifts the way you think, shifts the way you feel shifts the way that you go about your everyday life. It can be long-term, it can be Mm short-term. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So how does trauma impact us physically? Yeah. When a person has experienced a traumatic event, Mm -hmm. you internalize it into your brain. So your brain waves, they change. Yes. The the, um, nerves, the way that they flow in your brain, they get interrupted through that traumatic experience and it goes haywire. Mm -hmm. So when it goes haywire, then it manifests in your body. It manifests, it shows up as anxiety, phobias beyond a regular 
fear extreme phobias. Mm. It could even paralyze a person physically mm-hmm. to where they're afraid to go outside their home yes. or maybe even to a particular part of their house or if that event happens somewhere in the house, they may not even want to go back to that room so their body goes into freeze mode mm-hmm. or flight mode or fight mode. Yeah. So trauma has many different faces, the way it manifests in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to look the same for everyone. Yeah. So that's why it's good to talk about what trauma is and how it happened because it's going to affect you differently than it may affect me. Yeah. When you say that about trauma, um, keeping a person from possibly going to a certain space in their home, like that rang so true for me. Wow. Um, because after my son passed away, my son passed away when he was an infant and I, we, I shared a bedroom with him, clearly, because he's an infant. So it was just really hard for me to go down that hallway into that bedroom. I eventually ended up moving because I was like, I just can't be in this space anymore. So it's so interesting that you say that because that just I just really identify with that. Like, yeah, definitely been there. Absolutely. And that is that practical example of how trauma manifests in our body. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that um, you were able to make that connection yeah, with that experience and what it was and how it impacts you. Mm-hmm. Um, for some other people, um, they may want to um, have something that connects them to whatever that traumatic event is to help yeah. them feel some sense of control. Yeah. Or somebody else may want to completely get away mm-hmm. from that situation mm-hmm. so they don't have to feel the pain. Does yeah. that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so, you know, social media, we are all stuck to these phones 24-7, myself yes. included. Yes. It's, it's a tool that can be used for good or evil, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, specifically, when we see so many like school shootings and other types of shootings, people just dying left and right on yes. video in a constant loop. You know, how does that affect people? How is that affecting people now? Like, I know this is your profession, so I want your expertise. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's look at what. The brain waves mm-hmm. do when you watch so much social media. Mm-hmm. It's the same as if you're watching TV all the time. Let's use an example. If you have a child and they're constantly in front of the TV or on the tablet or on the cell phone. Mm-hmm. That light, the, the stimulation, the radioactivity in our phones, if we ingest so much of it, mm-hmm. it impacts the way we think. That's crazy. So... Your brain is looking for that stimulation after a while when you come away from it. Your brain is like racing and it needs that stimulation. So, when you see so much on social media with people dying, mm-hmm. you know, the George Floyd, Floyd video. Yes. When you watch it over and over, it does something. It impacts the way your brain is processing thoughts and it seeps into our emotions. So, your brain is looking for a lot of sensationalism. And then when you come out of that, you can start to feel depressed. Mm-hmm. Because your your brain, the, the hormones, the chemicals in your brain, when they drop to a base, basic level, and there's mm-hmm. no stimulation, mm-hmm. 
a lot of people start to feel depressed or sad. Yeah, I mean... Does that, that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. It sounds like intoxication mm, to me. A level... It could be... It's a level of it. And so, when we watch a lot of negativity, violence, mm-hmm. even curse videos with a lot of curse words, mm-hmm. videos that are hypersexual, um, videos that are very traumatic, um, with a lot of killing and video games even. Yeah. That changes the way our brains process everyday situations and it can impact how you feel Mm -hmm. because it can make you really feel sad if you watch too much of that on social media Mm -hmm. that's why it's good to take a break um when you feel you're triggered when you're watching something that may bring up yeah the incident that you've been through or someone close to you it's good to step away from it yeah absolutely because it can trigger you And, and some people have post-traumatic stress um, symptoms and some people actually have a post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. and either one of those when you feel negative emotions come up step away from it yeah and try to regain a balance of your thoughts and your feelings to what your reality is mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, but because of the pandemic and a lot of people being at home and on social media working and entertainment it has done a lot to our a lot of people's emotions absolutely um a lot of people feel sad they feel anxious Mm -hmm. or they feel like oh i'm missing out on something because i see all this sensationalism on social media Mm -hmm. and i'm not doing it so I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. And it can cause a person to feel depressed or down or less than yeah. and comparing themselves, you know, or it can make you angry. Mm-hmm. If you see a lot of the shootings and killings, it can make you angry and make you think about violent mm-hmm. activity, you know, things that you may want to do to hurt somebody when you are out in public because you ingested so much negativity on social media mm-hmm. so we got to be careful with that Absolutely. but it's not easy it's it's, not. it's easier said than done because we the average person i would say who has access to technology has been a victim of it at some point or another or will mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. and i think a good thing to do is just to take small steps like if you are always on your phone just try putting it down for like 15 20 minutes or try putting it down when you eat I mean, I'm definitely guilty of that. I'll just be sitting there scrolling and eating, and I have to remind myself, like, okay, this time needs to be a time where I'm just working on nourishing my body. Yeah. Not working on ingesting social media. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And when you do that, that leads to being mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, practicing mindfulness of, I'm going to put my phone down, I'm going to focus on eating and I'm going to have a time of mindful eating. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're watching TV, you're on the phone, you're eating, you eat fast. I tend to Absolutely. do that. And yes. then your food is uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. even that could help you, even if you're going through trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, pulling away and eating slow, enjoying the taste of your food, the smell Absolutely. of your food. You know, and thinking about something else for about 10-15 minutes. And notice how you feel when you do that mm-hmm. versus when you're eating or watching social media. That is so good and that is so practical. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when we experience trauma, how do we process it? What tools, 
steps, tips, girl, anything. Okay. How do we process it? What do we do with it? Hopefully, you would pay attention to how your body's responding to it. But because trauma could be so overwhelming, you want to escape it mm-hmm. through being busy, through talking to someone, through doing an activity. And sometimes you need to do that until your brain and emotions are ready to process what happened to you. So when a person is going through trauma, if they're not aware of what it is that they're feeling or how to get help for it, they can shut down yeah. and have all these negative thoughts, you know, overwhelm them and start thinking about suicide or I don't want to be here, no one loves me, I'm not valuable. It could be all those things. But a practical thing to do, write down what you're feeling in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Get your notebook, journal, a piece of paper, a sticky note, Look. the back of an envelope <laughs> from, from the mailbox. Right there. Come on. I am overwhelmed right now. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. That's one thing you can do. Another thing is let yourself cry. Yeah. It may feel out of control, but let yourself cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is going to release a lot of the toxins in your body mm-hmm. that has been built up from the pain of the emotions of the trauma. Yeah. Um, another thing you could do, turn on soft music. You know, uh, relaxing instrumental music. Um, sometimes you don't need words. Yeah. You just need a soft, soothing sound. It can help calm your emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing you can do. Breathe. Now, we just did that before we started this podcast. Yes, we did. I had <laughs> us do a, a, a meditation, breathing, breathing act- activity. Yeah. Um, take time to breathe. Mm-hmm. Breathe through your nose. Slowly and out through your mouth. Do that like three times. Yeah. Three breaths in, five slow breaths out. It's gonna calm your brain. It's gonna slow down your heartbeat. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, like, I don't even notice that I'm breathing really shallow until I take mm-hmm. a second to breathe. I'm like, oh wow, that felt completely different than what I was just over here painting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. These are free, practical things that we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier for me to say because I've been working in mental and behavioral health for years, so I have a lot of strategies. But this is what I teach clients. This is what I teach friends. This is what I teach any anybody that's willing to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I will give them practical tools that doesn't cost the fee of going to see a counselor until you can see a counselor. Mm-hmm. These are some things that you could do. So taking a breath, crying, writing out how you're feeling, you know, instrumental music or worship music. And then call somebody. If you have somebody that you feel that you can safely open up to, call them. Or maybe you don't even want to talk. You just need to text them. Mm-hmm. I'm having a moment. Pray for me. Mm-hmm. Or I need to talk. You have a moment. Yeah. Or I just need to vent. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody who will allow you to do that. And then you're going to feel the release mm-hmm. for that moment. But... Um, if you have experienced a lot of trauma, it can take a while for you to process through it. And that is where professional counseling will come in mm-hmm. and talking it out and um, 
you can also do some grounding activities. What does that mean? Grounding yeah, is you could find you can hold on to the, the the edge of your couch and feel the sensation in your hands mm-hmm. and pay attention to the sensation. You can take a stress ball, feel the sensation in your hand, hold a pillow and squeeze it. Feel the sensation in your hands, you know, and count and pay attention to um, that object in that moment because you're grounding your body into the present moment, mm-hmm. not what happened in that incident. Right. That's why it's grounding, it's putting you in touch with the ground, the earth around you. Mm-hmm. So you can do those simple things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. I love that because it really will bring you right back to the moment, right mm-hmm. back to things that are around mm-hmm. you. What's true right this second? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if, if anything is true in the second, if it's the pillow, let it be the pillow. And count. Yeah. Count backwards. I've had to do that. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with a traumatic experience. Um, and I had to do that in my work. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I just had to count backwards to slow down my brain yeah and my heart rate yeah mm-hmm. i can absolutely see that especially taking on other people's trauma all the time you mm-hmm. have to use those tools for yourself too yes yeah okay so after we deal with the trauma after we ground ourselves after we're back in a space where we feel safe and we feel in the moment how do we continually care for ourselves I know you mentioned therapy which (laughs) yes (laughs) ma'am yes ma'am indeed Mm -hmm. we definitely need to be in therapy yes um what what other strategies do you have for Mm long-term self-care after trauma um sometimes you have to physically remove yourself from those people places and things remove yourself from those reminders of people places and things Mm -hmm. Um, to help you move forward emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually right. so that you won't keep reliving the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, some people need medication to help them for a time period mm-hmm. to get their um, brain chemistry calmed down enough so they could take the strategies that they learned in counseling, mm-hmm. do the grounding activities, do... Um, some type of exercise. Yeah. You know, go walking, go jogging, do yoga if you can. Mm-hmm. You can do yoga for free on a YouTube video for you 10 to 15 can. minutes to an hour. Uh, come on. Go we like free things. Go get you a mat. Yeah. That is inexpensive yeah. if you don't already have one. Get you a towel. Get you, I was getting ready to say, get the yeah. towel, get the bottle of water, That's get it. comfortable. Yes. And then you can watch some free YouTube videos mm-hmm. on yoga and letting your body process through the trauma because our body remembers Mm -hmm. your immediate thoughts may move on because you moved on from that incident that happened in the past but our body remembers our body stores our muscle memories Mm -hmm. it it doesn't lie to us even if we don't remember exactly all the details our body doesn't lie come on and so it will remind you something is wrong pay attention to me and if you pay attention to it, 
thing I'm feeling is, I don't know, this keeps coming up when I watch this. Yeah. This keeps coming up when I have this conversation. This keeps coming up when I'm around that person. This keeps coming up when this thought comes up when I have this dream. Mm-hmm. Write it down. What is it that you're feeling? Is it an ache in your side? Is it tense shoulders? Tight neck? Clenched jaws? Headache? Eyes hurt? Hair falling out? Oh, come on. You know, your hands, your joints, all those things. Mm-hmm. Start a practice of paying attention to your body. Because when you do that, document it and notice this happens constantly. Hmm. And then you may need to talk to somebody to say, it might be this. I've noticed when I talk about this or when I see this or when I hear this or when um, I see, you know, these people are going to an environment, these feelings come up and my body responds a certain way. That's some type of trauma. And when it's negative, that's some type of trauma. Mm -hmm. You know that you're experiencing so you need it's time to process it so you can release it out of your body um, through counseling prayer meditation breathing getting enough sleep that's another thing yes, when is. you've gone through a lot it's easier said than done but you need quality sleep mm-hmm. and I think a lot of these things put together I mean, if you exercise, you exert yourself, it is easier to get sleep. But if we're just, I mean, I know I've been there, especially during the pandemic, uh, probably maybe about like a month or two into it, you know, when everybody was working from home, yes. when everything was shut down. At first I was gung-ho like, yes, Me too. I'm going to exercise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got about 30 days. It was me and a can of Pringles. You and a can of <laughs> The honeymoon phase was over. It was over. And I really had to be intentional, intentional about getting back to those things that I was doing in the beginning of the pandemic. Now, the pandemic done been so long, I done got in and out of shape. <laughs> both. You've been on both sides. I've been on both sides. <laughs> you know? I can understand. And now that I'm back to work, things are opening back up. It's just... It can be overwhelming, so we just have to remember those same practices, those same tips. We have Mm -hmm. to implement them back. Mm -hmm. We can't be so busy outside. Yes. (laughs) And guess what? The pandemic is not over. It's your lane. It's really not. A lot of people believe because they got vaccinated, it's over. It's not over. It helps minimize, Mm -hmm. but it's not over. But that's not for this podcast. Okay. We won't go there. (laughs) But that's okay. It's been said. It's been said. Um, but I don't, I can share, um, my experience with dealing with a very traumatic experience, an event. Um, I had a client that tried to rape me at work and I was able to fight him off, but it was very traumatic. Yeah. And, uh, I got a lot of people involved to help me with that, but it was hard because, you know, I didn't have all the support for my job that mm-hmm. I anticipated or wanted, mm-hmm. you know. So what did I, what did Rebecca do? Rebecca yeah. had to leave. Yeah. I tried to stay in work, but it was too many memories. It was too many triggers. So I had to get counseling. Mm-hmm. I had to take time off of work, you know, see my doctor, um, Make sure that I got enough rest, mm-hmm. you know, talk to people who were safe. Yeah, absolutely. But it was a time where I couldn't be around 
many people. Like in my home, mm-hmm. I couldn't have anybody in my home because someone in my close space at that time, close to that time, it triggered me. Absolutely. And I questioned them being safe. And so I went through it. It's not just me telling you as a professional. I went through it. I had to do grounding activities at work. I had to stop and breathe. Mm -hmm. I had to cancel appointments with clients because it was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And eventually I realized I can't continue to work in this environment. Right. And so I removed myself. And it was the best thing for me. And then I was able to heal. Yeah. Uninterrupted. Everybody does not have that opportunity. Right. But in that moment, as traumatic as it was, it still was a blessing that I had the means of support and the education of what I needed to do. It was like, now, Rebecca, it's your turn to apply what you tell everyone else to do. Mm-hmm. And I had to do it. Mm-hmm. And it worked. It took some time, but it worked. And then about a year later, I was at the store and I ran into that young person at a distance we saw each other at a distance Mm -hmm. and we didn't cross paths and I had a lot of negative thoughts that ran through my mind but and my breath was uh, increased my heart started racing I stopped I slowed myself down I went another direction in the store Mm -hmm. and got what I needed and left and had to do some breathing exercises and I had to talk to someone about what I just experienced so I had to live it too it's very real, and you know it takes some time to get through. It's not so much you get over, you get through it. Yeah, yeah. You can heal through it. Absolutely, my God. Thank you so much for your transparency sure. and sharing that here in this space. I honor that and I appreciate that. You're so welcome. Yes, I, I, you know, feel it's part of my life mission to help other people as I've been helped to help other people as well. That's beautiful that you can take that experience and find something that you can minister to other people. Through. Yes, yeah. for sure. I know what it's like to feel helpless and trapped mm-hmm. and unsafe. Even with people in authority, you don't always protect you. Right. So that was some, another layer I had to work through. Absolutely. So yeah. But God is good. He got me through it. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Give him glory. I do. Shoot. I yes. know you do. I yes. know you do. Yes, yes. Because it could have been awesome. worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you do afterwards to to maintain, to restore your feelings of safety and to restore your trust and authority? Or is that something that you are still feeling like you're working on? I did the counseling. I um, had people praying for me. Yeah. I, I'm a journaler, so I wrote out my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I documented everything, all the incidents and things like that. I was my own advocate. Yeah. I confronted the authority figures and challenged them about how they handled the situation as mm-hmm. far as not having enough safety in place mm-hmm. for employees in my position. And that helped me process through my anger. Mm-hmm. Um, I allowed my time, myself time to be away from the environment that reminded me of that person and things like that. So I had to spend some time at home, rest, do counseling. Yeah. Um, I had to 
they gave me antidepressants for a short amount of time. And I took a little bit, but not a whole lot because I don't like to feel so out of control, out of, of you know, an out-of-body experience. But that helped a little bit as far as my sleep because mm-hmm. my sleep was disturbed. But that helped me sleep for about a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to kind of regulate with my supports in place. Mm-hmm. But it took months for me to feel safe enough to feel like um, I can even be around like an environment where there are teenagers or males. Mm-hmm. It took some months, yeah. you know. But I have a, you know, a small but mighty support system that helped pray me through it. That's all right. That's all right. And those things is what helped get me to this point that I am now. I know a lot of women have gone through that and more yeah. and don't have people to really share with and feel that they're heard or feel that they could really help support them in their right. process of trying to feel validated or wanting to um, feel like that somebody will advocate for them. So they can come out of that victim mindset. Mm-hmm. That takes some time. Oh, my God. I can imagine. It takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you see someone that is showing odd behavior or extreme erratic behavior, it's a challenge. But I suggest before we jump in and judge and, and, and talk down to them, if you're able to have a conversation. Yeah. If you're able. They're coming up. You know, hey, how you doing? I noticed something a little different about your behavior um, than what I'm used to seeing in you or thinking about you. You want to talk about some things? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? You know, try to create a safe place to have a conversation yeah. and allow them to open up the way that they want to open up, how much right. they want to open up. Yes. yes. But create a safe place. And that helps people process a lot. Yeah. The trauma is because it's not that you are the person to solve it, but you are someone that could help them process through another piece of that pain yeah, and relieve some of that pain. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Yes. So at this point, we are going to transition into the segment of the show that we like to call the wrap-up. This is where we talk about the topic and how it relates back to our faith and the Word of God. Let's talk about how Jesus processed trauma of others. What do you think about that? Where do you see some examples in the scripture that... The first thing that comes to my mind is the scripture, Jesus wept. Yeah. Let's talk there. Yes. Come on. That's simple. That simple. Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. He wept for the pain of the people. Mm-hmm. Jesus also wept in the Garden of Gethsemane mm-hmm. when he knew his assignment was coming to an end. Mm-hmm. He still said, Father, if you would take this cup from me. Yeah. Nevertheless, if it's not your will, Dying will be done for me to complete this process of going to the cross. This is why I came. But he wept heavily. And he was in a garden. He had his close friends with him who could not enter that space with him spiritually. Mm -hmm. So that was hard. Mm -hmm. So Jesus wept. He would go away and disconnect himself from people. 
He will pray. And those are practical things that we can do. Yeah, and he would take a nap. He was and in the he will... taking a nap, honey. It was like, Jesus is asleep. Mm-hmm. Jesus has to recharge. He has to recharge. <laughs> so those are practical things. Yeah. Sometimes, like I mentioned before, you need to cry, go cry. Mm-hmm. As people say, have a good cry. And I've heard a man say, women say, have a good cry. What the heck is a good cry? You get it out. Yeah. You get it out. Lay the it ugly cry. Out. No one is there to judge how yes. you cry heavy. Mm-hmm. You write it out. You pray it out. Mm-hmm. You talk it out. Yeah, have a literal come to Jesus moment. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we have probably experienced this because we've been in church a long time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just when you're going through something and you could just lay yourself on the altar yes. and just really let go of all the emotions, all the hurt, yes. all whatever may be, whatever turmoil may be bubbling yes. inside of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Another thing. It sit, sit in silence. What is that? Be still and know. Be still and know. But that's a scary thing related to trauma. Yeah. Silence can be very scary mm-hmm. because you have so many thoughts that were hurtful, memories. And when you sit quiet, all of that comes to the surface yeah. and you want to run. Yeah. So that's not easy, but that's one of the best things you can do. Mm-hmm. If it's five minutes, mm-hmm. and then work at moving up. If you got to set your timer on your cell phone. Girl, let me tell you, that's literally what I used to do. Like, right after my son passed away, I would just be down for days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just started giving myself a timer. Okay, I'm going to set this alarm for two hours and I'm going to sit here and cry as hard as I want to mm-hmm. for the next two hours. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pour everything out. I'm going to just scream cry yes. to the Lord mm-hmm. and, and just let it all out. Yes. And after that two hours is up, I have to stop. I yes. would intentionally make an appointment or mm-hmm. meet up with my sister, mm-hmm. meet up with a friend mm-hmm. because I knew that would make me get myself together. Okay, mm-hmm. people are waiting on me. I, yes. You know, let yes. me make it a point to have something else to do so I know there's an end to this. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. I'm, that's important that you said that. I'm glad that you did. That you set a timer, which was a boundary. Mm-hmm. You set a boundary for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if not, it could have overtaken you sure. to go deeper into depression and possibly suicidal thoughts by actually taking your life. Yes. So, sitting quiet for a short amount of time, it helps calm your brain, but your brain is racing, but you need to learn to practice that, mm-hmm. learn to start doing that in, in bites, in bite-sized yes. um, time frames, because that also opens the door for God to speak. Come on. Come on. And when God speaks, sometimes you hear words, sometimes you get pictures. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just an impression in your heart or in your spirit. And everybody's different. Some people are seers. Some people are dreamers. I get words. Mm -hmm. And God shows me pictures of incidents sometimes. Mm -hmm. A lot of times God gives me words. And I get impressions and I write them out. Mm -hmm. And then he'll confirm it when I talk to that person or when an incident happens. Somebody else, they can see it. Mm -hmm. You know, or some people just have a feeling. So whatever works, but just being quiet, you will learn what avenue 
that God wants to come in and commune with you in, even in 5 to 10, 15 minutes. So I believe in the practicality of the word of God. I can get deep and all that, but I also believe in, let's be practical with it. Absolutely. Because God was a practical God. Jesus was a practical savior. Mm -hmm. He knew how to relate to the people, but he also had a solution that superseded their limitations. Mm -hmm. And that includes trauma. He has a strategy to heal us of our traumas. Are we willing to do the work? But the thing is, this is what I say to people, you're not, you don't have to do it by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, if you try to hold it and do it by yourself and you don't reach out to get help, sometimes it's better to get help anonymously. That means calling a counselor or calling a crisis helpline, literally call a crisis helpline. Yes. So someone who does not know your history, they can listen empathetically, understand you, talk to you and give you resources and that can help you feel better in the moment before you feel safe enough to talk to some other people you know who you may feel would judge you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need that anonymous help. Yes, absolutely. To prepare you to practice opening up and how to talk to your trauma and then they can give you the language. Mm-hmm. They can give you the language of your mixed emotions. I don't know. I just feel this way. It feels like this. Oh, it sounds like, and that can, you know, those words can help give you, start to give you language to your feelings, and then that can educate you on how to tune into your body, tune into your emotions. Because I'm that person, I'm pretty introspective, and I learn from other people how to tune in more to my blind sides or whatever. I'm like, hmm, let me try to learn from that. Mm -hmm. Even if it's uncomfortable, let me try to learn from that. That's not easy for a lot of people. Yeah. So sometimes we do need an unknown person to step in and help us process through our trauma. Absolutely. Rebecca, I just thank you so much for joining me You're today. You're so welcome. We are going to end this episode like we end every episode, which is in prayer. And Rebecca, if you wouldn't mind, please close us out. I don't mind. Father, we thank you for this appointment to be able to... Um, share about what a lot of people in the listening audience is going through, but is afraid to talk about, afraid to put a name to it, even afraid to look at um, the people that cause a lot of it, and even situations we put ourselves in. God, you are a loving, merciful, patient God. And I pray that this, the words in this interview that it touches many people's lives, that something I said really will resonate and that someone would take it and run with it and own it in their healing process, in their deliverance process. And I just thank you for being with us in the everyday things. I thank you for your protection. I thank you for even my sister Ryan for healing her and bringing her through her journey of loss, that she can share it and stand in the truth that you are a good God. And you are a good father. And you do have good things for us. Even though you allow things to happen to us, it is not to destroy us. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What's good, good people? Welcome to another episode of the Lean In Podcast, where we have real conversations 
for real life. Today, we are going to lean into a conversation about endometriosis. We are here with my sister, Pamela, Pam, Pammy, Queen Pammy the Great, <laughs> also known as the Queen. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. I just, it is really, it's really an honor. <laughs> um, Thank you for (laughs) agreeing to do this. Anytime. If you guys have not listened yet, please go back to one of our first episodes of the Lean In Podcast where our topic was addiction. My sister was a guest and it was very amusing, if I might say so myself. I enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's just jump right into it, Pammy. Um... You're here to talk about endometriosis, so can you please explain to the listeners? Can you please explain to the listeners exactly what endometriosis is? Yes, so endometriosis is a disorder where the tissue that normally lines the uterus grows outside of the uterus so like when you you know when you have your period and everything inside of there is breaking down because your body is angry that you didn't get pregnant (laughs) (laughs) it breaks down outside of the uterus and inside which is a mess really so the tissue breaks down inside and outside of the uterus when normally it would just break down inside of the uterus when you have your menstrual cycle yes okay Okay. How did you find out that you have endometriosis? Well, actually, I kept seeing random commercials about endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, like, the symptoms that people had. And I was like, wow, that sounds sounds like my regular period. Like, (laughs) Oh, Lord. So they were like, oh, you know, go to this website. Like, I forget. I don't even know what the website is anymore. It was like, I'm going to try to look it up. And they were like, if you answer yes to three of these four questions you might need to talk to your doctor so I was like oh wow like so they were like do you have heavy periods and I was like yeah they were like do you have you know bad menstrual cramps like does it feel like do you have a lot of abdominal pain mm-hmm. and I was like yes and it was like do you bleed in between your periods and I was like yeah mm-hmm. and so everything that was on there was symptoms that I had so I'm wow. like do I have this? But they were like, well, you have to be tested by, you know, a medical professional. Like, they have to do a test to see if you actually have it. And people usually don't recommend it because it's kind of, you know, intrusive. You have to go in and go inside the uterus. The test is like a surgical procedure, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So they, you know, typically don't want to just randomly have you be like, oh, just check and see if I got it. Right. So, but based on the symptoms I was having, I've always had heavy periods, but that year that I was thinking, like, I might have endometriosis, Mm -hmm. they were getting worse. Like, in Mm -hmm. one year, or no, one month, I had two periods. Oh, (laughs) you know. Exactly. (laughs) No, ma'am, Pam. For real. Literally. (laughs) I said, oh, 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 no, we can't do that. Yeah, no. So I told my doctor, but Mm -hmm. she was like, oh, you know, it's normal to have one irregular period. Like, you can have one month where something weird happens. That's no issue. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, 
okay. So then I just kept like it would keep changing. Like I would either bleed the whole month, like it would be like Wait, spotty. thirty days. Ooh, so, like my period week it would be like regular aggressive period and mm-hmm. then in between it would be like spotting mm-hmm. but still like this is too much for this to yeah. not be a period but it's not enough to be a period so it was really really weird mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then after talking to like some of my aunts and dad they were like oh your mom had periods just like that we used to make fun of her because we thought like she was pregnant because it's like pregnancy symptoms like nauseous like the smell of food remember you would be making stuff and i'd be like i can't eat like oh yeah i just thought she was tripping like girl this food is good no now you know you be slamming in the kitchen hey i'll be trying to slam it down throwing down now (laughs) but but yeah like even the smell of like stuff that i would eat all the time i'm Mm -hmm. like this is making me sick to my stomach like the first three days of my period i will hardly eat because i was like i i can't like i'm nauseous and this is gonna make me puke if i do so yeah but seeing that commercial all of that to say yeah. <laughs> seeing that commercial is what made me be like I think I have that mm-hmm. and hearing them say like mom's periods was like that because I later found out it's hereditary Okay. so I was like oh <laughs> well if her periods were like that she probably had it mm-hmm. so then I got it mm-hmm. so yeah wow I kind of know this story, but again, <laughs> right, it's, it's just interesting to just hear, you know, everything put together. Um, so how does en- endometriosis affect your daily life like now, today? Well, now today, because I also have fibroids, I'm taking a medicine <laughs> to help. It's supposed to not increase the growth of them mm-hmm. because I have one that still remains Mm -hmm. um so that has stopped my period so Mm -hmm. now i I don't have periods i'm living my life like it's golden as far as that (laughs) so (laughs) pretty happy not to deal with that but okay but after well we'll probably get to it but after the surgery my periods were better they were still like you know cramps like headaches all of that stuff Mm -hmm. but the symptoms were like way lower like reduced by so much okay which probably was also because of the fibroid being removed as well right because well or is it typical or common for people that have endometriosis to also have fibroids or was that just like something that was you know prevalent for you i think it was just the cherry on top for me okay because I'm sorry. I mean, I think you know other people who do have fibroids might also experience endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just you just happen to have both another. of those conditions. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, what would you want other people to know about living with endometriosis? That it is an actual and real chronic illness. Yeah. And it's not just period pain. Like, people are not like, oh, I just have cramps. Like, some days, if I didn't take medicine, for me, if Mm -hmm. I didn't take medicine, like, a couple days before I knew my period was coming, I would not be able to get out of bed. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, and I've had a couple of times where I didn't. Like, one night, I thought I was going to throw up, so I just, like, slept in the bathroom because I couldn't get up off the floor Mm. because every time I got up, I just felt too nauseous. So I was like, I'm just going to (laughs) sleep by by the toilet because 
I don't want to throw up in my room and then have to clean that up and then possibly throw up from cleaning up the throw up. Well, <laughs> and there's that. And please, because you know, <laughs> right. if you throw up and I see you throw Girl. up, then I'm going to throw up then everybody. Sorry, Everybody's sorry, guys. Up. Sorry. And we had carpet. Like, that's oh, not fun to clean up. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, I was like, yeah. I mean, I had a little trash can, but still, I was like, I'm not, uh-uh. Yeah. I'm not going to take, take it and deposit it. I'm just go. Mm-hmm. Right where it need to go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I could not get up, mm-hmm. and right before I had the surgery, I couldn't take the medicine I usually take because um, I usually take a leave, and they were like, "Oh, that's a blood thinner, so don't oh, take yeah. that." Mm-hmm. So I was just miserable. <laughs> you were more than miserable. You had a fever. You could not get out of the bed. It was terrible. Uh, you could not eat food. You could. I was like, now before she had a dang on surgery, she gonna make it to the surgery. Okay, so we keep talking about the surgery. Let's let's take a few steps back. You said you have fibroids, also. <laughs> yeah. You're from a different yeah. You have a problem. <laughs> So, let's take a step back. You said you also have fibroids. So, for people who do not know what fibroids are, can you just briefly describe to us what are fibroids? So, let me, I'm going to do like Cassie and get the definition for y'all. Period. It's a non-cancerous growth in the uterus that can develop during a woman's childbearing years. And nobody really knows where fibroids come from. They just, they disappear. They just be there. And I understand um, that fibroids are more prevalent in Black women. Um, I know about seventy five thousand Black women <laughs> okay. that have fibroids. Literally, almost everyone I know. And I didn't realize how common it was either. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, "This is the I'm the first person this has ever happened to in the history of life." Like <laughs> right. that's how it felt. And then yeah. I was like, "Oh, wait a minute this this is actually like common." Like I was gonna say normal, but I feel like it's not. It's common. Like it's not normal, but it's very common. Yeah, and I think that that's why it's so important to have these kind of conversations and to have conversations publicly. Um, if, you know, you have fibroids or endometriosis, like, don't be afraid to talk to other people in your family about it, like, mm-hmm. especially in your family. Yeah. Because like Pammy said, you know, she just so happened to find out that our mother also had endometriosis. Like, this could have saved you so much time and so much research if somebody yeah. would have shared that information, like is very important to share, you know, health and medical history and, you know, things that might be common in your family, stuff that might run in your family. Like, don't don't have people out here thinking, I'm the only person on the planet that has ever had this, when yeah. literally this is very common mm-hmm. in Black women. Like, don't be afraid to share that information and speak of it's okay. Right, because I feel like sometimes when we talk about reproductive health, like, reproductive scares people already. Mm -hmm. Like, and then periods are taboo, like, Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to talk about those type of things. But if it means helping somebody, like, I I thought I was literally dying slowly, Mm -hmm. like, slower than we're already dying. (laughs) You know, come on. I was like, oh, I'm, like, literally bleeding from the inside out, like, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna die. And then with finding out, you know, how 
mom had passed away, I was like, nobody really had told me at that point what it was. So I was like, oh, bro, I'm about to be out of here like she was because I was dying. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I'm bleeding. She had internal bleeding. I'm bleeding internally. Like, yeah. Because I didn't fully understand it and nobody was explaining it. Even the doctor that I originally had, like, she wasn't helpful. So I'm yeah. like, I, so I'm just going to die out here. Like, that's what, that's what you're telling me. I mean, I, I just really feel like if you cannot get anything else from this episode, please get this. Share medical history. Do not be afraid to talk about your body, especially with your, you know, nieces, nephews, sisters, with your mother, with your father. Don't be afraid. Cousins, you know? even aunts, like, um, I forget which one, but somebody had fibroids before and had surgery. Mm-hmm. And then infertility issues. Right. Like, nobody talks about this stuff. We just right. kind of joke about it like, ha ha. Like, like, girl, such and such don't <laughs> never be getting no regular period. Hey, what does that right, mean? Like, that's not okay, guys. <laughs> Periods are supposed to be regular. Yeah. They're, that's how your body works. Right. <laughs> like, and the fact that we're all afraid or feel some taboo about talking about something that is a part of people's daily lives right even if you are a man if you have a daughter you need to be up on this if you don't have a daughter you need to be up on this like period <laughs> no pun period on period literal like, period what like. why are you afraid these are normal stages of life for people and there's nothing wrong with taking a second just to understand what somebody could be going through. And I would love to have a discussion on men's health, too. I'm just not that really close with any of my male friends to just talk to them. <laughs> right, like, like, how, how so, you doing, brother? What about your reproductive health? <laughs> you know? All my <laughs> male friends are somebody else, but I want to okay, be asking somebody right. else. Like, now, How's it go? Uh, no, man. How's it go? <laughs> Because also, too, because when you think of reproductive health, like, you think about pregnancy, which then brings right. you to sex, and people like, oh, you're in my, you're in my business. Right. You in my business. Right. Don't like, do that. I just, we just need to <laughs> but, talk about the regular functions of your body. Yeah. Like, if it's somebody you feel comfortable with discussing more than you can, but right. it's, it, that's reproductive health is how your body works, sex or not, pregnant or right. not. Right. And I think, you know, quite frankly... Um, it's easier to talk to somebody who has a similar experience to you. So, you know, if it's easier for you to talk to another woman or it's easier Mm -hmm. for you to talk to another man, like, do that. You know, you don't have to put yourself in an uncomfortable position or, you know, put somebody else in an uncomfortable (laughs) position. You know, you just check on your peoples. But don't be in their business. business. But, you know, this is... Um, a part of what's important about building relationships and I think we haven't gotten to the wrap up yet but I will say that community is not only important for your spiritual health but it's important for your physical health so Mm -hmm. you don't be out here thinking I'm the only person that's ever experienced this in the history of the world yeah no so Anyway, let's jump back. So you explained what fibroids were so how did you find out that you had fibroids? So when I explained like how bad my periods were mm-hmm. and even when I would go for like my regular OBGYN appointments, like the exam would be like super, super painful mm-hmm. and they would be like, well, 
something is going wrong then because this is not a painful procedure right like and i remember even telling you about it like i don't know what is going on but this is very painful and you were like well what utensils are they using <laughs> right i'm about to go to the doctor's office like now what is y'all in here doing <laughs> right because you were describing the things i'm like yeah th- those are the same itty bitty tiny utensils they use yeah. and it's like painful like i would be in pain like the rest of the day after the exam and the next day Mm -hmm. and so the doctor she was like well i can feel like your uterus like it well number one i have an enlarged uterus it's like bigger than it's supposed to be your uterus Mm -hmm. is i think it's supposed to be like six centimeters Mm -hmm. and mine is like 10 okay so it's already childish (laughs) (laughs) no also no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) So she was like feeling around like my uterus and she was like, well, I do kind of feel like a, like a little lump, but she was like, it's really small. It's probably a fibroid, but it's like, it's no big deal because mm-hmm. it's really small. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Like, I still didn't know what it was really then, but right. she just like, you know, brushed it off like, oh, you know, it's normal. It's a fibroid. It's nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. But she was like, but that's probably what's, you know, making your periods worse. It's like it's on top of your uterus, so it's probably, like, pushing it down. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, mm-hmm. but it still just continued to grow, which made it worse. And so it was also, like, I guess pushing down on my uterus, which was somehow, like, pushing down on my bladder somehow. Because mm-hmm. when I would have to use the bathroom, like, if I thought about using the bathroom, <laughs> I would have to immediately go. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, oops. <laughs> okay. You might have an accident. You might. So okay. Get into the bathroom. Go, gotta go right now. Literally. <laughs> Y'all heard that. Beyonce on the end of the air too. Right now. <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, oh, wow, okay. So yeah, my first doctor that I would go to, she told me like, yeah, it's probably a fibroid, but it's really little. Don't worry about it. Mm. So what would you want other people to know about living with fibroids? Um, that also it can it can be painful, but for some people it does not like cause any pain. Mm-hmm. Like most people don't find out until they're trying to get pregnant and it causes like issues with infertility. Okay. But um it for me it caused issues with my period which is also how they kind of thought like well maybe something is going on with your period because of the fibroids and the position that they're in Mm -hmm. but some people don't you know experience any pain at all so it's it's different for each person okay um did i ask you how to wait did i ask you how the fibroids affect your daily life no okay how do fibroids affect your daily life? So now, because the one that I still have, it's, it's grown a little bit more. Um, it affects kind of how I have to sit also mm-hmm. because of where it's positioned. So sometimes I might have to lean back more. If I've been, like, if I lean over for too long, I could kind of feel a little pain. You can feel the fibroid. I don't know if it's like it, but I can feel like pressure i don't really know how to explain it but excuse me that's how i always explain it to my doctors like 
when I talk about like having cramps like all mm-hmm. month, I'm like it's just like background pain at this point. Like I just know it's always there. Yeah, I remember you saying you had background pain, and I'm like, <laughs> you should not be in pain. <laughs> I'm all like, the well, time. I'm just used to it, so it's just the pain is there. Like some days it's worse. Some days it's regular, like enough for me to still be like, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah. But also be in the back, in the corner behind the ovens, like, oh my God. <laughs> but back. Explain why I'm you would be like, in the corner behind some ovens. Oh, because, you know, I worked in a bakery for several years. <laughs> Please, uh, people large, like. <laughs> large rotating ovens, and you can, like, you can walk around them because you would have to go in there to like clean them and stuff. Okay, I just so there's a space behind. Want people to think that you was I'm not in a regular kitchen. This, this is an industrial kitchen that has <laughs> has large ovens. Okay. Yeah. Oh but wow. Yeah, so sometimes I would be at work like hiding out, like ah, I had to stand up again. Yeah, and I just. Again, and if I can make a point to anybody listening to this podcast right now, being in constant pain is not normal. Please, if you are, go find somebody. Get checked out. Go to the doctor. When I say go find somebody, I mean a doctor. Yeah, not just like somebody you know. that you know. Don't, don't, you know. Go to the doctor. Okay? Yes. Just because you can handle pain does not mean you should live in pain. You you can get used to anything and Come I just on. want everyone to know that just because you become accustomed to it <laughs> I'm about to get up. Come on with the word. I ain't mean to stop you, Minister. Go ahead. Shut up. <laughs> You feeling like you need to run? <laughs> Be careful. Be careful because, you know, I ain't doing no lawsuits around here. I won't sue you. Not over the word. Well, not when you're speaking right. I ain't going to sue you over it. Please. <laughs> Just because you get used to living with pain does not mean that pain is normal. That is not an okay existence. And you deserve to be in your body and be at peace in your body. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not in pain, not in dis-ease. Okay, so what advice would you give to a person that just found out that they have endometriosis or fibroids or the double whammy if they got the double whammy just make sure you have doctors that will listen to you and hear your concerns and you know let you know what's going on Mm -hmm. and be able to explain things because you know at the end of the day it's your body and you have to live in and with it so doctors can make, you know, suggestions or tell you things, but ultimately they don't know what's going on unless you tell them. Right. So sometimes it may feel like intrusive, you know, to be like, okay, hey, this is what my period does. Mm. This is how it is. Like all the little details that you feel like you might not want to tell people, you your doctor needs to hear that. Right. Because that can, that can help them figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And also, like you said, just have community people that you trust so you can be like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Or this is what I'm going through. 
because I feel like sometimes when I would tell people who may not have been the right people to give the information to, they were mm-hmm. like, oh, you exaggerate and like, yeah, like, no, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It literally feels like I've been run over by a bus and then an elephant came and stepped on me and then there's a train on my back. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I have to lift 50 pound bags of flour mm-hmm. <laughs> while mm-hmm. all of that is happening. Mm-hmm. Right? So I would just be miserable. Like I was taking so much medicine just to try to feel like normal. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it probably was not a normal amount of medicine. I'm sure it was not. Like I was taking four a leave like every three hours. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think the leave <laughs> all day. don't do that. It did, but I was like, look. It, <laughs> The dose is not giving what it's supposed to say again. It's the nail tap for me. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to emphasize the dose that they that they suggested. Oh, the Aleve? Yes, the Aleve and the doctor. The directions. Okay. Mm -hmm. That it was not given. And my doll was like Skittles. Like it never worked for me. It never worked. It would never worked. <laughs> that's crazy. So that's why I always would take a leave because mm-hmm. I'm like, my doll does nothing at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was taking a ridiculous amount of a leave. And yeah. then also I found out I was anemic because of my periods, because I was losing so much blood. <laughs> a girl, exactly. Pack it up. Pack it up. Pack it up. But to get to the root of the problem sometimes it's you know it's layers it's like an on- onion what shrek say come on come on shrek <laughs> for real though you just have to peel back layer after layer after layer to get to the root of what's going on and begin to fix all of the issues you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying <sighs> that's a whole lot a whole lot of a whole lot a whole lot of So, I would like to ask you, as we move to the portion of the show called The Wrap-Up, The Wrap-Up is where we discuss the topic as it relates to the faith. Pammy, how has finding out you have fibroids, finding out you have endometriosis, finding out you have anemia, how have all these things affected your faith? Um, It greatly affected it at first because I was like what is happening Mm -hmm. i don't know what is going on it felt like every time i turned around it was something new yeah not to mention the rest of life like outside of periods (laughs) like so i was just like what is going on Mm -hmm. then i was also like well maybe this is the journey that i'm supposed to go through the path of life blah 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 then i was like but maybe this is the journey I'm supposed to go through. <laughs> like, I was getting so frustrated. And yeah. not let me not put it past tense. Currently, there's still some times yeah. where I'm like, okay, okay, but okay. Mm-hmm. But okay. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> so yes. there's times where I'm just like, Lord, I, obviously I don't know what you're doing. I, I would like to right. find out what is going on. What does this mean? Like, how do I process this? Mm -hmm. And I also felt like, oh, I am just trash. Like, maybe I bought it on myself. Because, you know, I used to always say, like, I don't want to have kids. Okay. So I felt like, oh, you brought this on yourself. (laughs) So it was just a lot. A lot. I don't think 
you know, wanting or not wanting to have kids as a teenager and a person in their early 20s can, you know, bring that on. I, I know plenty of people who have said they don't want to have kids and they have a basketball team. <laughs> That's true. But I just, it was so much and so confusing. I was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. But Yeah, so you started to blame yourself pretty mm-hmm. much. For saying that for so long, I'm like, well, will you speak stuff into existence? Mm this is what happens but I didn't know it was gonna be this level like right. so I was just getting so annoyed and I was like I could just get a hysterectomy but anytime I would talk to anybody about it they're like no that's what negative. you mean anybody like the doctors well you yeah, oh, first okay. have to be 35 before they even like okay well, you ain't entertain you okay. yeah <laughs> like girl I was like 23 like okay yes <laughs> I would like to have a hysterectomy <laughs> they were like girl <laughs> sit down mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, it just really made me ask questions, sometimes not ask questions to God at all. And mm-hmm. be like, well, sir, I- I'm not sure what's happening, so I'm I'm going to leave you right there, mm. like, to be honest. <laughs> so when you say it made you feel like I'm going to leave you right there, you feel like it kind of separated you. The, the challenges kind of separated mm-hmm. you from God. Yeah. Okay. Like, I would still, like, read the Bible, but I would be like where do I fit in mm-hmm. the scheme of things like it just made me just question a lot of stuff I think it's okay to have questions mm-hmm. I think it's okay to see things happening in a way that you didn't plan for or that you don't understand and to ask God like hey what's happening what do you mean for me to learn from this what is right. the purpose like I think a lot of people um, feel like it's disrespectful to question God, but it's not like you questioning who He is. You just right, like questioning just His plan. Don't the Bible say if, if any man want wisdom, let him ask. Let him ask. Hey, and I wouldn't like Job. Like when God had to shut him down. Like, bro, where was you at when I was creating everything? You wasn't there. Well, he honey. was not shooting the gym. Hope <laughs> <laughs> so. I have definitely personally been exactly job like what was you thinking lord and and literally that scripture will come to my mind like is that is that is that what you that's the answer where was that when you made i don't know yeah i I mean i was in my mother's womb whose womb of mine you are currently ruining what is happening like you know yeah but i think also there's something to the fact that um, you know, our mom was so like, you have endometriosis and you will never conceive children. You will never have kids. Yet here we sit. Right. Cause that, that also is the more I talked about it, the more people were like, oh yeah, well such and such had endometriosis or mm-hmm. such and such had fibroids and they got kids or mm-hmm. they told them they need a hysterectomy. So they was like, forget what y'all talking about. I'm, I'm going to keep my uterus. That's like. for me and my womb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And you know what? If you do have to, not you personally, mm-hmm. or you personally, anybody who could be hearing this right now, if you do have to take certain steps medically, like you, you, you have to care for yourself. Now you pray to your God and you ask Him, Lord, what would you have me to do? You know, mm-hmm. lean not into your own, own understanding. 
You know what I'm saying? You just have to ask God, like, what is the path for me? What do you want me to do? And I understand, like, sometimes, you know, we be wanting God to <laughs> climb down out the heavens and oh, right. <laughs> sit on the couch like, girl, all right. So, you, you got a pen and paper? You want to get a voice note for this? Right. Or what? What's up? Like, like yes, voice note. <laughs> let's, let's do a ahead. voice note. Now, is I'm going to be able to hear this when you go? Because I don't know if you would, like, uh, delete it or if I should. I'm going to write notes, too. That's where's, fine. Where's Gabriel? Is, he'll, is he still bringing messages to the young women of the, of the Bible, of the world? What is he doing? Is he available? Uh, who, who, who can... Who can deliver this message unto me? Okay. In the King James Version. Okay. But, you know, just paying attention, you know, talk to your doctors, get opinions, get second opinions, pray, ask God for direction, and pay attention. I would love to have, there's one specific sister, and I don't know she knows who I'm talking about when she listens to this, who is, you know, prayer is her, her thing. Mm-hmm. If we can, if we can put it like that, we could put it that way. You know, and I would love to have her come on the podcast and talk about prayer and oh, that would be you nice. know the Lord answering prayers and how do you know when He answered you or what should you look for and because you know again, probably not. He probably not gonna come sit on the couch and talk to you. And quite frankly, mm-hmm. if he did, I probably would die anyway. That's that's <laughs> what is given. That's what John did. And he, he hung with him. And he still seen him and was like, I'm about to play dead. Maybe. I don't think he was playing. He still. Not sure you see you fish with Jesus and you see him and you pass out. Look, the glory was too much. The glory? Yeah, the glory wrapped up in the flesh. And I was like, all right. You know. When it was in the fullness. You know, I'll put you behind the behind the. Come on. Rock, you're going to pass. Come on. Oh, my gosh. People, if you don't listen, if you don't read the Bible, if you just happen to listen to this, these are actually things in the Bible. I will do my best to go back through and reference these scriptures because I don't want anybody to be like, girl, what a rock. (laughs) You know, I really want anybody to be able to listen to this and follow along and if you want to see the scriptures i'm talking about i absolutely will find them and put them in the notes um i do though want to um provide another note for the the question that we are supposed to be on okay um i did also find a um a scripture that i would think about or read on often meditate on if you will meditate if you will and that i still currently do is mm-hmm. um psalm 42 and 11 why are you cast down oh my inter- inner self this is the amplified classic okay <clears throat> and why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me hope in god and wait expectantly for him for I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance and my God. So that that's, that's, that's a good one. I would read this a lot. Like, why are you cats? Nice. <laughs> but yes, that, that scripture has helped me on days where I'm like, Lord, just take this uterus. Like, mm-hmm. it's pointless. It's useless. That's mm-hmm. how I would feel like. That's mm-hmm. the reason. What was that reason? Oh, and you know, that's, I mean, I could see how you would feel that way. 
I can see how you would feel that way considering all things. Right. Well, Pam, I would like to thank you for once again being a wonderful, informative, and entertaining. You know what I'm saying? Very entertaining. Thank you. <laughs> yes. On the Lean In Podcast. Uh, we will end this episode as we end every episode, which is in prayer. No. I'm gonna do that after I told you. I know you do okay. the prayer later. <laughs> That's why I just paused so I could. When you do the prayer, I could be in prayer. Okay. Well, I done told you once. I'm gonna tell I you twice. You I'd like to raise my prayers okay. then. What? The people know Diddy about me, money. Diddy? It was brother love. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he said, "Ain't no P Diddy." Ain't no Diddy. Yeah, honey. Um, yeah, I do my prayer. I do my prayer in post. I do it in post. Oh, in post. Yeah, I do it in post. Editing words. (laughs) I got that from editing (laughs) words. Child, I got that from Kev on stage. From uh, you know, Josh. Boy, I'm a yeah. One day I'm gonna have me a a team like Kev on stage and Angel and Josh. I'm sure you will. I'm one day the Lord gonna gonna bless and this podcast Mm -hmm. is gonna have it. It ain't gonna be for me. It's gonna be for God. I said I'm gonna have me, and that was wrong. That was well, because it ain't gonna be for me. It's gonna be for the for the Lord. It is. You know what I'm saying? For the Lord. Yep. Yep. Also, I didn't even explain all the stuff that happened during the surgery. Oh, well, hey, hey guys, <coughs> it's the after show. If you didn't guess it, you <laughs> guess again, because guess what? You're guessing right, okay? So, the after show, so Pam referred to the surgery multiple times, so what's your girl, what you doing right now? She got notes, girl. notes, her notes app. Yeah, because I, I, I had to This remember. for your personal notes, or this is for the podcast? These my personal notes. Oh, okay. This is what people would, like, ask, like, oh, how did everything go? Like, it didn't go well. <laughs> Wait a minute. A, I just had a you general had a stock note. response? I had a general note. I said, I'm not going to remember all this stuff. Did you screenshot this and put it on Instagram? Like, you know how people nah. be screenshotting their statements, like... This is a statement from a publicist. I don't, I don't um, tell these people on Instagram nothing. On behalf of the incident that occurred, I would like to... <laughs> uh-uh. I just knew people was going to be asking, and I was yeah. like, uh, I don't remember. If yeah. you asked me right now today without this note, I would be like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so is this something you want to publicly share, please? Because this is publicly... Yes, sure. The, the people, the people should okay, know. I, it's been a, a few years now, so I'm okay, okay with sharing. Okay. Before I would be like, mind your business. Mind your business. <laughs> business get you some. You mind know, and a lot of times, that you. that's the that's space I live at. in. But also, transparency exactly. is important. Okay, so let's hear what's what's up in your notes. Okay, so I was going to have surgery to remove the fibroids that they found um because i had two one was like what was it it was one i think was like seven centimeters and the Mm -hmm. other one was two and the one that's two is now like five and this was in now today yes now right now today Mm -hmm. and this was in 2019 so they went in it was supposed to be outpatient and then before they gave me like the little uh, what's the stuff that make you go to sleep? Anesthesia. 
there you go that word never works with me so that's I'm okay not gonna try to i got you <laughs> they were like oh you know when you stay the night i was like who's staying the night <laughs> wait <laughs> they told you that soon yeah because they were like oh it's an overnight procedure i'm like no they said this was outpatient like because remember i was getting yeah i remember because i was there (laughs) and i thought i was taking you home (laughs) exactly they told me it was going to be outpatient they were like it's look look at my notes a 90 minute same day procedure it's the lies for me go on lies like so did y'all know more going in right and why would you not tell somebody that okay especially me because i already didn't want to like go well you know what maybe that was the lord on your side because you probably would have been like cancel right like don't even (laughs) sign me up look (laughs) we gucci like don't Mm. worry about so they removed one of my fallopian tubes i had a cyst on my ovary and that was removed the cyst and then they couldn't remove the second fibroid because because of the endometriosis Mm -hmm. my uterus was literally crumbling like so they couldn't get to the other fibroid because the she said the tissue was just too fragile for them to like keep trying to take stuff out of there so they were like you know what they're just gonna bleed out where it left like so yeah so the endometriosis had spread to my fallopian tube which is why they removed it because it just had like took over like they said it's like spread out to different other organs Mm -hmm. which was also the reason it was causing my periods to be even more painful and why I would be bleeding or having like cramps in between periods because everything just my lower half was just ruined Mm -hmm. so yeah that's so did they take the tissue off of your other organs or did they leave it there like what's up with that um I don't know if they took the tissue off the other organs because it was like forget where she said it spread to i don't have that on here i do recall her saying that and i don't remember um you know yeah well let me just say but they probably didn't because everything was just too fragile yeah um i do i was there at the when you were having the surgery (laughs) i was your ride (laughs) i was supposed to take you back home um, that day that day you go back home till friday and they were like, oh, yeah, Sometimes it's going to be really brief. It, You know, it'll be like, you know, hour and a half. So I'm like, okay, cool. Got me a little book, you know. Then, you know, a couple other relatives came to the hospital and was sitting out there with me. And, you know, I gets the talking. So we gets the talking. I'm like, no, wait a minute now. I look up at the clock. I set me a little alarm. My alarm went off. I'm like, hmm, this can't be right. A little alarm. A little alarm, you know. I'm like, this can't be right. So I look at the clock, and so I'm like, excuse me, I'm going to go check and see what's going on. Because, see, I be checking on things. Yeah. Okay? So I went to go check. And they were like, oh, um, it's going to be a a bit longer. I'm like, why? Is something wrong? (laughs) Like, don't do that. Like, I need all the information right now. Like. And so, yeah, they did eventually tell me that the surgery was not going as planned and that it was going to be a little longer. So, in my mind, in my mind, death. You was dead. Exactly. I was like, oh. That's what was in my mind when they said I was going to stay overnight. <laughs> because the surgery was supposed to be, like, where they do the little incisions on your stomach. Like, right. four different ones. And then they can pull the fibroid through. Yeah. But apparently it was too big. Apparently. apparently. There was too much going on. And so they had to do another big incision. Yeah. And then go in that way. 
Right. So I have like five scars. From so me. that's a lot. That's a whole lot. Of... And I definitely thought that you went back there and died. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to hold it together. I'm going to hold it together until they come out here and then say to me, say to my face, say it to my face, say it to my face. <laughs> and that's what happened. And then start swinging on people. <laughs> no. Oh, that's I what I would have did. I would have started swinging on people. Wait. No air. <laughs> Make it actual connects. Like, not swinging on people Stop. like your boys in the hood. He was just punching Fighting the air. The air. <laughs> no. I'm talking about connect. I'm okay. connecting. What do the Bible say? We don't fight like no shadow boxes. You know that's scripture. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, wait. wait. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't have used that scripture that day. Okay, I'm I would have been like the pilot taking my <laughs> <laughs> Like somebody, uh, oh, oh, so somebody, oh, okay, yeah, bruh. okay, yeah. So in my mind, that's what occurred. And so when the surgery was over, your doctor came out. She came out to the waiting room, like Miss Bomar, um. Come on back. I mean, Miss Ribo. Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Ribo. <laughs> Whatever. Whoever's in this scandal can. I know who you are. Okay. Uh, it's me. Um, but yeah, they were like, you know, come on back. And she was like, have a seat. I'm like, oh, that's always bad. Hey, you look. So you sit down. <laughs> oh, ma'am, please. What happened? Please just tell me what. Just, just have a seat. So I'm like, okay, maybe if I don't sit down, she ain't going to tell me. Like, mm. So I went on and sat down, and she proceeded to tell me all the things that were in your nose. And I was like, I was just like, okay, it's a lot of information. And then they're like, and she's going to stay overnight, and she'll probably be here a few days. I was like, days? And she was like, yeah. So she is alive. (laughs) She's not going to be in the morgue, is what you're saying. Like, is that what you're telling me? Do I need to contact the psychiatric department or not? I'll be here a few months. Okay. Y'all can just change my mailing address. (laughs) (laughs) This is where I'm going to stay. Tell Amazon, drop it off here. <laughs> Drop it here. Do y'all have an Amazon locker out here? I'm in, sure they in, do. In North Bend and White Oak and Chevy and whatever this is. I'm sure they do. You know, sure. is this where I need to uh, make make my checks payable? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, bro, because you know there's there it's a whole lot of a whole lot and then i had pneumonia after the dang on surgery i do recall you having pneumonia because i was still trying to go to bible study but i was like i can't breathe i'm like bro you not going to bible study tonight <laughs> bless the lord i appreciate your dedication i, like, I don't no, think you should go we're studying revelation i need to stay caught up we're at chapter six like I bro go we did this study before and i'm sure the pastor will not have a problem to send you the notes. <laughs> okay. I don't think you're going. It's literally days after this major surgery. Literally yeah, it was days. Like a couple of days, yeah. And you was like, I'm going to Bible study. I'm like, I don't know if, you know, 
I'm being used by the right sources, but I don't think I'm going <laughs> to let you go because you don't seem to be breathing well. Yeah, because they gave you that little, um, you know, the little thing that you have to blow into to make sure you're, you're breathing right. Yes, it is. the ball up. It's, uh, it's a machine that helps strengthen your lungs after you have surgery. You, there's a tube and you blow into the tube and the force of your breath makes a little ball inside go up and down it should go all the way to the top of yes. the machine and it has first, a little happy face or right where, like this is where it's supposed to go and a sad face for no you were not <laughs> getting happy faces Mm-mm. okay <laughs> and then we had to go back to the hospital and we're there for hours yes but we did find out that you had pneumonia and at least you know that way we knew what was going on mm-hmm. and you know it can work towards getting that taken care of as well so that was just a lot a whole lot of it was was very traumatic and it wasn't even me i was just on the outside helping out bro i was like this is crazy look that's my alarm for this medicine (laughs) i have water but yeah so that's that's the you know that's the meat and potatoes honey well, that's the Thanksgiving. That's the whole Thanksgiving. That's that's the whole Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is coming up. And if you would like to donate to our food pantry at Grace Christian Fellowship, please leave a comment. Please get in touch with us. You can reach us via email. Now, I'm going to make sure I say the correct email. Give me one moment. Maybe you would know it off the top of your head. Okay. I just know the media one. I don't have the actual like contact. Okay, I'm about to find it. It looks like I no longer have access to one of your calendar accounts because your Alexa, Alexa, stop. If you um, would like to donate to our food pantry, or if you need a Thanksgiving dinner, we are here to help. Um, you can reach us at contact.gcf at gmail.com. That's contact.gcfc at gmail.com. That's contact at gcfc at gmail.com. Okay. All right, guys. We are going to get out of here. You know, me and my sister will sit here and chop it up all day, honey. But we... You know, y'all don't need to hear all that. Yeah, y'all probably like, girl. Girl. Is they still? Yeah. And we is. (laughs) And we are. (laughs) And we will. And we will. Okay, so thank you again so much for leaning into another conversation and leaning into the after show. Okay. After show. After show. Wow. that That's your theme song. After show. Don't play, because I'll cut this out, and that'll be it. (laughs) (laughs) This is it. (laughs) It's the nail tap for me. (laughs) Goodbye, y'all. Peace. Bye.